Chapter Twenty Five of the Sign of Silence by William Lequeux. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Twenty Five, Fremy of the Sûreté. After a few moments, a short, stout, clean-shaven man with a round, pleasant face and dressed in black entered and bowed to his chief. He carried his soft felt hat and cane in his hand, and seated himself at the invitation of Van Huffel. "'This is Inspector Fremy, Monsieur Edouard Royal of London,' exclaimed the chief du Sûreté, introducing us. The detective, the most famous police officer in Belgium, who had been for years under Monsieur Henion in Paris, and had now transferred his services to Belgium, bowed and looked at me with his small, inquisitive eyes. "'Monsieur Fremy, this gentleman has called with regard to the case of Marie Brock, said Van Huffel in French. The detective was quickly interested. She's dead, been assassinated in London, his chief went on. Fremy stared at the speaker in surprise, and the two men exchanged strange glances. Monsieur tells me that the man Sir Digby Kemsley wanted by Scotland Yard is accused of the murder of Marie Brock. And further, added Van Huffel, the accused has been here in Brussels quite recently. In Brussels? echoed the round-faced man. Yes, I said, he has letters addressed to the Poste Rosante in the name of Bryant. And I spelled it as the detective carefully wrote down the name. He will not be difficult to find if he is still in Brussels, declared the inspector. We had an inquiry from Scotland Yard asking if we had any report concerning Marie Brock only this morning, he added. It was sent to you by my friend Inspector Edwards, and whom I am assisting in this inquiry, I explained. You said that Marie Brock was a friend of a lady friend of yours, Monsieur Royal, continued the chief du Sûreté. Will you do us the favor and tell us all you know concerning the tragedy, how the young lady lost her life? Ah, uh, Monsieur, I replied, I fear I cannot do that. How she was killed is still a mystery. Only within the past few hours have I been able to establish the dead girl's identity, and only then, after narrowly escaping, falling the victim of a most dastardly plot. "'Perhaps you will be good enough to make a statement of all you know, Monsieur Royal,' urged the gray-haired little man, "'and if we can be of any service in bringing the culprit to justice, you may rely upon us. "'But first, Monsieur, allow me to put observation upon the poste rosante,' asked Fremy, rising and going to the telephone, where he got on to one of his subordinates and gave him instructions in Flemish, a language I do not understand. Then when he returned to his chair I began to briefly relate what I knew concerning Sir Digby, and what had occurred, as far as I knew, on that fatal night of the 6th of January. I of course made no mention of the black suspicion cast upon the woman I loved, nor of the delivery of Digby's letter, my meeting with the woman Petrie, and its exciting results. Yet had I not met that woman I should still have been in ignorance of the identity of the dead girl, and, besides, I would not have met the sallow-faced Ali or been aware of his methods, those methods so strangely similar to that adopted when Sir Digby Kemsley lost his life in Peru. The two police functionaries listened very attentively to my story without uttering a word. I had spoken of the woman Petrie as being an accomplice of the man who was a fugitive, whereupon Fremy asked, "'Do you suppose that the woman is with him?' "'She has, I believe, left England, and therefore in all probability is with him. 
are there any others of the gang for there is of course a gang such people never act singly two other men as far as i know one a young man who acts as servant and the other a tall copper-faced man with sleek black hair probably a peruvian native they call him ali and he pretends he is a hindu a hindu gasped the detective why i saw one talking to a rather stout englishwoman at the gare du nord yesterday evening just before the orient express left for the east he gave a quick description of both the man and the woman and i at once said yes that was certainly ali and the woman was mrs petrie they probably left by the orient express he cried starting up and crossing to his chief's table snatched up the orange-colored official timetable ah yes he exclaimed after searching a few moments the orient express will reach wells in austria at two seventeen no time for a telegram to get through no the next stop is vienna the westbahnhof at six i will wire to the commissary of police to board the train and if they are in it to detain them excellent remarked his chief and ringing a bell a clerk appeared and took down the official telegram giving the description of the woman and her accomplice i suppose the fugitive englishman is not with them suggested the chief de sûreté i did not see him at the station or at least i did not recognize anyone answering the description replied the inspector but we may as well add his description in the telegram and ask for an immediate reply thereupon the official description of digby as supplied to the belgian police by scotland yard was translated into french and placed in the message after the clerk had left with it fremy standing near the window exclaimed do had i but known who they were last night but we may still get them i will see the employee at the poste rosante this monsieur bryant if he receives letters may have given an address for them to be forwarded after a slight pause during which time the two functionaries conversed in flemish i turned to von huffel and said i have related all i know monsieur therefore i beg of you to tell me something concerning the young person marie brock was she a lady a lady he echoed with a laugh most certainly the daughter of one of the princely houses of europe what i gasped tell me all about her but the driest dust little man shook his gray head and replied i fear monsieur in my position i am not permitted to reveal secrets entrusted to me and her identity is a secret a great secret but i have discovered her identity where our english police had failed i protested besides am i not assisting you very greatly and we are greatly indebted to you monsieur royal he replied with exquisite politeness but it is not within my province as chief de sûreté to tell you facts which have been revealed to me under pledge of secrecy perhaps monsieur fremy may be able to tell me some facts i suggested remember i am greatly interested in the mysterious affair from mere curiosity eh asked von huffel with a smile no monsieur was my earnest reply because the arrest and condemnation of the assassin of marie brock means all the world to me how i hesitated for some moments then hoping to enlist his sympathy i told him the truth upon the lady who is my promised wife rests a grave suspicion i said in a low hard voice i decline to believe ill of her or to think that she could be guilty of a crime or or of the assassination of marie brock interrupted van huffel do you suspect that is there any question as to the guilt of the man kemsley he asked quickly 
no one has any suspicion of the lady in question i said only only from certain facts within my knowledge and certain words which she herself has uttered a terrible and horrible thought has seized me that marie brock was killed by her hand eh ah monsieur i quite understand he said and you are seeking the truth in order to clear the woman you love exactly that is the truth that is why i am devoting all my time all that i possess in order to solve the mystery and get at the actual truth fremy glanced at his chief then at me bien monsieur exclaimed van huffel but there is no great necessity for you to know the actual identity of marie brock so long as you are able to remove the stigma from the lady in question who is to be your wife and to whom you are undoubtedly devoted what matters whether the dead girl was the daughter of a prince or of a rag-picker we will assist you in every degree in our power he went on monsieur fremy will question the postal clerk watch will be kept at the poste resante at each of the railway stations and in various other quarters so that if any of the gang are in the city they cannot leave it without detection except by automobile i interrupted i see monsieur possesses forethought he said with a smile of course they can easily hire an automobile and run to Namur, ghent or antwerp or even to one of the other frontiers but monsieur fremy is in touch with all persons who have motor-cars for hire if they attempted to leave by car when once their descriptions are circulated we should know in half an hour while to cross the frontier by car would be impossible then turning to the inspector he said you will see that precautions are immediately taken that if they are here they cannot leave the matter is in my hands monsieur answered the great detective simply then monsieur refuses to satisfy me as to the exact identity of marie brock i asked van huffel in my most persuasive tone a thousand regrets monsieur but as i have already explained i am compelled to regard the secret entrusted to me i take it that her real name is not marie brock i said looking him in the face you are correct it is not is she a belgian subject i asked no monsieur the lady is not you said that a great sensation would be caused if the press knew the truth yes i ask you to do me the favor and promised me absolute secrecy in this matter if we are to be successful in the arrest of these individuals then the press must know nothing not a syllable do i have your promise monsieur royal if you wish i answered and we on our part will assist you to clear this lady who is to be your wife but upon one condition and that is what i asked that you do not seek to inquire into the real identity of the poor young lady who has lost her life the lady known to you and others as marie brock he said looking straight into my eyes very seriously end of chapter twenty five recording by tom weiss tom's audiobooks dot com